Hello, friends. Welcome to the Functional Nurse Practitioner Podcast. I'm a board-certified family nurse practitioner who believes in utilizing functional medicine strategies in order to provide a more comprehensive approach for optimal health. The current model of care in healthcare is very lacking, which led me down the road of functional medicine. Functional medicine is a systems biology approach, which looks at uncovering the root causes for the symptoms we are having in order to allow for healing versus simply applying a band-aid to the situation. I believe we need an integrative approach of both conventional and functional medicine in order to provide the best care possible. I feel so strongly about this that I had to leave my conventional medicine practice. While conventional medicine thrives with acute care issues, there is much to be desired with regards to chronic conditions. No longer could I practice in an institution where volume of patients rather than optimization of health was its driving force. I started my own practice specializing in functional medicine where I work with my clients to uncover their unique story. Utilizing the functional medicine timeline and matrix, identifying the antecedents, triggers, and mediators driving the disease process assists with getting to the root causes of the symptoms in order to allow for healing. This personalized approach leads to improved health outcomes. If you want to work with me and live in Indiana, head on over to my website at www.thefunctionalnursepractitioner.com and click the link to book your free introductory call. Just a quick disclaimer that this podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose or be a substitute for medical advice from your practitioner. Also, if you like what you hear on this show, I would be real appreciative if you would leave a review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening from, and subscribe to the show. Okay, on to today's episode. Today is our final segment of the Fit Life series. In part one, we dove into the world of heart rate zone training, its significance in the realm of exercise. We spoke about genetic considerations with regards to exercise. We dove into the importance of warming up and cooling down and rounded out the episode with a discussion on finding one's exercise style that truly resonates with your preferences and lifestyle. Last week, we got into the nitty-gritty of cardiovascular exercises, strength training, interval and cross-training, and exercises that focus on flexibility and balance, mind-body harmony. You guys really loved both those episodes, 44 and 45, in case you have not listened yet. Today's show outline, segment 9, exercise for different age groups. Segment 10, exercise at home versus the gym versus outdoors. Segment 11, designing your exercise routine. And segment 12, staying motivated and overcoming plateaus. This is going to be another fabulous show. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Designing exercise routines that cater to the unique needs as well as abilities of different age groups, children, teenagers, adults, and older adults is crucial for promoting optimal health and well-being. Let's start 
with children. Exercise is important for both physical and mental development, helping build coordination and strength. Age-appropriate exercises that are both fun and safe are an integral part of overall health. To really target the needs of kids between the ages of 4 and 12, I've got 12 types of exercises to consider. Number one, active play. Encouraging children to run, jump, and climb improves cardiovascular fitness, balance, and coordination. I don't think I ever needed encouragement when I was a child. You couldn't get me to sit still. I remember my grandparents saying I had ants in my pants. (laughs) I just had boundless energy. Man, I wish I had a fraction of that unending energy today. Number two, swimming. Swimming is an excellent full body workout that improves stamina, flexibility, and muscle strength. It's also fun. I have such fond memories of going to the beach. Definitely miss the water. My cousins had a pool and I loved diving off the diving board, doing laps. When my kids were small, I took them to the local pool all the time. Swimming is one of those activities that doesn't even feel like work. It's just fun. It is something you can do year-round if you have access to indoor swimming facilities like at the YMCA. Number three, biking. Friends, you knew this was coming. Biking is a great way to improve cardiovascular fitness and build leg muscles. I remember my first bike. (laughs) I must have had one before this because this bike in particular, I remember I was like seven. I have no memory of a bike prior to that day. My grandfather snagged it from a neighbor's curb. No, he didn't steal it. My goodness, not in a million years. In my old neighborhood, when you were giving something away, you'd put it out with your trash by the curb. When I saw him coming down the street, my heart started racing. This bike had one of those banana seats. (laughs) I grabbed the bike, jumped on it, and started pedaling. Yes, I should have had a helmet on. Friends, this was ages ago, and I don't remember anyone wearing a helmet back then. Be sure to wear a helmet every time. Anyway, I went to stop the bike and the brakes didn't work. Oh my goodness. I can only imagine the look on my face. I'm flying down the block with no way of stopping. What did I do? Don't try this at home, my friends. I dove off to the left, aiming for another neighbor's gate. I came out of it mostly unscathed. A few bumps and bruises. Looking back, we probably should have made sure it worked before I jumped on. I didn't give my grandfather a chance to even speak. I was that fast. Ants in the pants, remember? After that ordeal, my grandfather fixed the bike and I rode that thing all the time. I can only imagine how much I would have loved riding on mountain bike trails as a kid. I didn't know such a thing existed until about 12 years ago. Yes, I was somewhat sheltered, you could say. Number four, dancing. Man, oh man, do I love to dance. I have always loved to dance. There are so many styles of dance and different organized classes like ballet and tap. I tried both when I was little, but I didn't have the same love of the class setting as I did for freestyle dancing. To this day, it is still one of my favorite things to do. Dancing improves coordination, flexibility, and strength, and 
can be a fun activity that gets your child moving. Number five, yoga. Yoga is a great way of improving body awareness, balance, and flexibility. There are kid-friendly yoga classes and videos available. My sister is a certified yoga instructor and her youngest, Elsa, loves to practice yoga. She is adorable. Watching my sister with her daily practice inspired Elsa to join in. I will link up my sister's YouTube channel in the show notes if you are interested in checking it out. Number six, sports. Team sports like soccer, baseball, basketball, football promote teamwork, social skills, and also physical fitness. My grandson Kelso, he is quite the soccer player. He started football this year and just loves it. He is so fast. As the quarterback, he was two for two with a pass today. He did great. My son Brian has always been a sports fanatic. As a child, he played in just about every sport. He ran track, played baseball, basketball, rugby, but football was his favorite. Now, He's the coach of his son's team. Kelso definitely has his father's love of sports. Growing up, I didn't really play any organized sports. I was more of a theater kid, singing and dancing. I really enjoyed playing basketball and baseball with my cousins and their friends, but it was not in an organized sort of way. Number seven, jumping rope. I'm not sure if kids still do this, but I had to include it because it was one of my favorite things to do growing up. Jumping rope can be done by yourself or with others. I used to play double dutch. We had tournaments all the time in school. I was pretty good at it. Jumping rope is an excellent form of exercise to build cardiovascular fitness and coordination. Number eight, hiking. Hiking can be a fun family activity promoting physical fitness and also an appreciation for the outdoors. Getting out in nature is crucial for optimal health. We don't have to be on a mountaintop or some waterfall vista to hike, although I do particularly love mountains and waterfalls. Most cities have access to nature trails nearby. Even when I lived in Brooklyn, I had access to trails. I definitely preferred New Jersey for hiking as a kid. We had so much fun. Number nine, hula hooping. Oh my goodness, I loved my hula hoop. My husband and I were at a local state park yesterday for the Barbecue and Blues Festival. So much fun. It was, of course, kid-friendly. There were hula hoops set out for kids to use. I stepped over one and laughed. My husband was like, hey, you want a hula hoop? <laughs> Who else loved hula hooping? It builds core strength and coordination. At the event, they had the hula hoops scattered around hopscotch games, which leads me to number 10, hopscotch. Jumping and hopping, one leg, both legs, helps build both balance and strength. And it also provides a cardiovascular workout without even feeling like work. Pick up a pack of sidewalk chalk and you can play this game anywhere. My kids loved this one when they were little. Number 11, gymnastics. I wish I had taken gymnastics as a kid. It definitely would have helped develop better balance. Gymnastics is a structured and challenging activity many kids really enjoy. Aside from balance, it also helps build strength and flexibility. Number 12, karate or martial arts. I love, love, love this one for children. Martial arts classes teach discipline, respect, and 
self-defense skills while providing a structured and active environment. My son Brian loved going to karate class. He went for years, building up to a brown belt. Super proud mama over here. Remember safety is paramount? Ensure your child wears appropriate protective equipment like pads, helmets, appropriate footwear, depending on the activity. The key is to make exercise enjoyable so that your child is motivated to stay active and develop lifelong healthy habits. Let's touch on considerations and concerns regarding exercise and children. Children are constantly growing and developing, which means that their exercise routines must be adapted to their changing bodies. It is also important to avoid excessive strain on developing bones and joints. Children also lose interest pretty quickly, so routines that are engaging and enjoyable are important. Children are also more susceptible to injuries due to their developing motor skills and lack of coordination. Ensure constant supervision and proper guidance on safe exercise techniques. Next up, teenagers. Teenagers can benefit from a wide range of exercises that promote physical fitness, flexibility, and overall health. Let's talk about the four types of exercise that really hone in on health and well-being for a teenager. Diversity. This is a really big one. Encouraging a variety of different physical activities is an instrumental part of helping teenagers find what they really enjoy. This includes team sports, individual sports, dance, and martial arts. The teenage years are very impressionable. Some may find organized exercise through sports or dance to hit the spot. I know that my son Brian really thrived in sports. He loved the camaraderie versus my youngest, Kevin. He played in a basketball league once. He did not really enjoy it. It is vitally important to support teenagers where they're at. Number two, strength training. Teenagers are at a prime place in their development to introduce light to moderate strength training, being sure to focus on proper form and technique. This can help build muscle mass, improve bone density, and boost metabolism. Number three, cardiovascular fitness. Encouraging aerobic exercises like running, cycling, or swimming is an important part of the overall health of a teenager. Some teens may thrive with organized sports like track or basketball, both of which are excellent forms of cardiovascular training. Others may prefer more solitary training. I loved roller skating in my teenage years. I also loved my bike. Figures, right? I had a pink Huffy. I got this after the bike with the banana seat. This bike was a 10-speed. I rode this thing all over Brooklyn. I used to ride my bike from Brooklyn over the Reese Park Bridge to Queens to swim in the ocean. I wore my bathing suit with a towel tied around my waist and I would take off. Always the morning person, I would head out just after sunrise, get to the beach, swim, then head back, shower, and then go to work. I have many fond memories of 16, 17. This age group may really enjoy rock climbing. I was not exposed to rock climbing until I was an adult several years ago. Had I known about it, I would have started much earlier in life. An indoor climbing gym can be a great way of challenging oneself, particularly during the teenage years. Number four, flexibility and mobility. Flexibility and mobility are vitally important 
all throughout life. During the teenage years, it is very important to incorporate stretching into daily practice to avoid injuries. Of course, no one wants to get injured. If you're in sports, you definitely don't want to get injured where you can't finish the season. Proper warm-up and cool-downs need to be a part of any exercise practice. Working on flexibility through yoga or Pilates also enhances flexibility, balance, and relaxation, making it a crucial component of managing stress in this age group. Let's talk about concerns, considerations for the teenage age group. Adolescents experience growth spurts, which can affect their coordination and muscle development. Exercise routines that focus on maintaining flexibility and balance while gradually increasing resistance can be very beneficial. Another consideration is peer pressure and self-image, both of which can affect their exercise choices. Promoting a positive body image and emphasizing the importance of exercise for overall health rather than aesthetics can be super helpful. Overtraining and burnout can be a real issue. Teenagers may be more prone to overtraining and burnout due to excessive exercise or sports commitments. It's important to educate teens about rest and recovery. Think about balance, exercise, sleep, nutrition, fundamental for optimal health. Ultimately, it's important for teens to engage in a mix of exercises that they enjoy and that align with their ability and goals. Paying proper attention to form to prevent injury, staying hydrated, prioritizing safety, using proper equipment, very necessary. Consulting a healthcare professional before starting a new exercise program or team sports is also important, especially if there are any underlying health issues. Now let's talk about adults. Creating well-rounded routines that combine cardiovascular exercises, strength training, flexibility work, and balance is key. Oftentimes, we don't think about strength training or resistance training until we're much older and facing bone density issues. Incorporating progressive resistance training to build and maintain muscle mass and bone density is vitally important all throughout adulthood. I am a fan of zone training. Shout out to episode 44, where we dove deep into zone training. Aerobic exercises like jogging, cycling, dancing, always dancing, my friends, alongside a resistance training regimen can help with metabolic health and vitality. I always care about functional fitness, but in the adult years, particularly with leading up to older age, functional fitness exercises can improve daily functioning, which can impact longevity. I think about squats, lunges, and core work. Lastly, encouraging mind-body exercises throughout the adult years can be an integral part of stress reduction. Yoga, meditation, sometimes it means slowing down. I find that many of my clients in their 40s and 50s, they're pushing too hard. This can dramatically impact the adrenal glands, raising cortisol, messing with sex hormones, no bueno. I was very guilty of this. I did not realize there was such a thing as doing too much. I highly recommend you partner with your healthcare practitioner 
on your wellness journey. What are some considerations for adults with regards to exercise? Time constraints. Adults are busy. Work schedules, shuffling kids to and fro. There can be many challenges to find time to exercise. Prioritizing consistency over duration of workouts can be a game changer. Another consideration is that as we age, the risk of injury and chronic conditions rise. Ensuring an adequate warm-up and cool-down, proper technique, and gradual progression in intensity and volume is key. Adults may be battling with significant stress, mental health issues. Exercise can be an excellent stress relief and mental health boosting tool. Consideration for lower intensity exercises. Those that focus more on the mind-body connection may be a great addition to a workout regimen. Let's talk about seniors. Safety needs to be at the forefront. Emphasis on functional movements that improve balance, coordination, and activities of daily living, ADLs. Things like lifting, bending, and reaching. Strength training continues to be a necessity as we lose muscle mass as we age. I am a big fan of low-impact cardio workouts. Walking, yes, walking, a great form of exercise. Swimming or water aerobics can also be great exercise that gets the heart rate up while protecting joints. Throughout our lives, flexibility and stretching is important. I also really like focusing on range of motion exercises. We want to stay mobile, my friends. Another consideration is social interaction. Group fitness classes or exercise can help combat loneliness and boost mental well-being. Important considerations for those over the age of 65 include managing reduced mobility. Seniors oftentimes experience reduced mobility, flexibility, and balance. Prioritizing gentle stretching and low-impact activities like Tai Chi can be very beneficial. Many seniors have chronic health issues that require special attention. Tailoring exercise routines to accommodate specific health needs is vitally important. Working with certified trainers who truly understand the needs of this population, monitoring vital signs if necessary, is an important part of personalized exercise. There also needs to be consideration that seniors may face isolation that impacts their motivation to exercise. This is where group classes that provide a social setting may be very beneficial, combating loneliness and promoting adherence. Regardless of age, it is essential to consult a healthcare professional before starting any new exercise program. Individual preferences, fitness levels, and goals should be considered when tailoring exercise routines for different age groups. Regular assessments and adjustments to routines are also crucial to ensure lifelong success in fitness and health goals. I also feel the need to state that exercise is a crucial component of our cognitive health. Lifelong physical activity has been linked with improved cognitive function and a reduced risk of age-related cognitive decline. Regular exercise can enhance memory, problem-solving skills, and overall mental sharpness. 
Studies consistently show that individuals who engage in regular physical activity tend to live longer, healthier, reduced risk of chronic disease, and also promote overall vitality. I also want to point out that when adults prioritize and demonstrate the importance of physical activity, they set positive examples for younger generations. Achieving and maintaining a healthy and active lifestyle throughout life provides a sense of accomplishment and self-satisfaction. This can lead to increased self-confidence and motivation to continue the journey. Remember that lifelong physical activity is an investment in one's health, happiness, and overall life satisfaction. It's a commitment to a healthier and more fulfilling life that can be enjoyed at any age. Segment 10, exercise at home versus the gym versus outdoors. When thinking about an exercise routine, we need to consider where the exercise will be performed. Do you have a preference? Is this something that can be flexible, meaning sometimes at home, sometimes at a gym. Let's first talk about home workouts. Let's start with the pros. Home workouts eliminate the need for travel and can be done at any time that suits your schedule. They are the epitome of convenience. Home workouts are also cost-effective. You can save on gym memberships and commuting expenses. Privacy. There is something to be said for exercising in a private, non judgmental environment. Another benefit is customization. You have the control over your workout space and equipment. I have got to say, I am a huge fan of home workouts. There are a plethora of resources available for working out at home. Apps, YouTube videos, even DVDs. (laughs) When I first started home workouts, Many years ago, I bought a few DVDs from Target. They were very helpful. But when I really zeroed in on YouTube, game changer, my friends, I have a couple of my favorite YouTube channels for fitness I have linked up in the show notes. All you really need is a yoga mat. I use a cork mat to reduce the exposure of potential toxins from standardized mats. A few hand weights. I've got a set of free weights ranging from two pounds to 12 pounds. You may enjoy an exercise ball. I have one. I need to drag it out of the closet and use it again. I love that I don't have to go anywhere. I roll out of bed, take my thyroid meds, hashtag no thyroid, brush my teeth, put on my exercise clothes, unroll my yoga mat, select a YouTube video and have at it. Some days I go easy. Never would I ever thought this was important years ago definitely need to consider rest and recovery. This morning, I did a 20-minute standing ab workout. Really, it was a great stretching routine. Movement is key. Everyday movement is essential for living your best life. Let's talk about some cons of home workouts. Limited equipment. Exercise options may be limited unless you invest in a home gym. You may have space issues. I definitely do. Just enough room for my yoga mat. Distractions may also impact your routine. Home workouts can be disrupted by household chores, family members, or other distractions. It can be easy to push your exercise to the back burner with frequent interruptions. One of the ways 
I combat this is by getting in my exercise first thing in the morning. No one else is awake. (laughs) Just me. And I love it. I look forward to it every single day. Putting your exercise on the calendar can be helpful. Ensuring everyone in your household knows you are planning an exercise regimen can also help with reduced distractions. Lack of social interaction. Exercising at home may lead to feelings of isolation. You may thrive with social interaction of organized exercise via classes at a fitness center or a pickup game at the park. We are all different. Knowing what jives with you is so important. I am definitely a social being. I love interacting with others. However, when it comes to exercise, I really do love home workouts. Focusing on my fitness without the distraction of others. I find this time is very therapeutic. Great for my mental health. Let's get into gym workouts. Pros and cons. Let's start with the pros. Diverse equipment. Gyms typically offer a wide range of exercise equipment from cardio machines to free weights and resistance machines, allowing for varied workouts. Many gyms have certified trainers who can provide personalized workout plans and guidance. Oftentimes, they have free lessons, at least at first. I remember when I joined a gym years ago, I had several free lessons with personal trainers that I found very beneficial. I am definitely a fan of guidance, particularly with regards to proper form. Climate-controlled. Indoor gyms offer a climate-controlled environment, which can be very beneficial no matter the outdoor weather conditions. Social interaction. This is a big one. Many individuals I know who enjoy gym-based workouts really thrive in a social environment. Gyms provide a social atmosphere where you can meet like-minded individuals or join a fitness class. Now let's talk about some of the cons of indoor gyms. Number one, the cost. Gym memberships can be quite expensive with ongoing monthly fees. Travel time. Commuting to and fro can be time-consuming. This can definitely be a deterrent to regular exercise. Crowds. During peak hours, popular gyms can become quite crowded, leading to longer wait times for equipment. I remember back in my Planet Fitness days, having to wait for the treadmill or elliptical, definitely a buzzkill. Pressure and judgment. Even Planet Fitness with their no judgment zone can instill some to feel self-conscious or judged in a gym setting. I work out first thing in the morning without even washing my face. I don't even want to worry about what I look like when I work out. That being said, there are many who thrive in this environment and do not feel any pressure to dress up or look a certain way at the gym. Knowing what fits you is so important. Let's talk about outdoor workouts. If you know me, then you know I am partial to working out outdoors. What are some of the pros of working out outdoors? I'm not sure which is my favorite because they are all important, but for overall health, probably number one is number one. (laughs) Fresh air and scenery. Outdoor workouts provide exposure to nature. So important for optimal health. 
fresh air and scenic surroundings, which can enhance the overall experience. There is almost nothing better than getting to the park at daylight, lacing up my sneakers, and heading out on the mountain bike trails. My mountain bike friends have a lot to say about me on foot rather than my bike. I love both my friends. There is something about running on the trails that really gets me going. I stop sometimes and just look at the beauty of this earth. Sometimes it's a deer that stops on the trail watching me. Other times, it's the way the light gleams off a cluster of leaves. I spend a chunk of time standing still on the trail, smiling. It really feeds my soul. Variety of terrain. This is such a fun one. There are options with terrain. Think of parks, trails, beaches. Man, I miss the beach. I was telling my husband yesterday that I really need the beach in my life. It's been too long. Having variety in the terrain you train on can squelch boredom and also challenge your workouts. As a reminder, you don't have to be sprinting up hills. Walking is a great form of exercise. Cost effective. Typically, outdoor workouts are free and accessible to most individuals. Vitamin D. Exercising outdoors exposes you to natural sunlight, helping your body produce vitamin D, mood enhancement. Exercising outdoors can really boost our mood, aiding with mental clarity. If I ever feel sluggish or even down in the dumps, exercising outdoors shifts my mood. It is a game changer. What are some of the cons of exercising outdoors? Weather dependent. This is a biggie, my friends. On the days I have planned runs on the trails, when it rains, let's just say it takes a minute for me to adjust. Outdoor workouts are influenced by weather conditions and may not be feasible in extreme cold, heat, or rain. Limited equipment. Outdoor settings lack specialized equipment found in gyms. I will say, though, back in my mud training days, I would hit up a local state park to run and finish off with the monkey bars at the kids area, push-ups in the parking lot. There are ways of being creative, but it's not the same as the plethora of equipment options at the gym. Safety concerns, uneven terrain, traffic, or even wildlife may be an issue. Depending on where you live, overall safety may be a concern. I changed my fitness watch specifically so I could call from the trail if necessary. I have had a few experiences that gave me pause on the trails, times that I had concern for my safety. Now, my husband gets an alert when I start my run, it drops a pin. I feel safer for sure. Time constraints. Depending on where you live in proximity of the outdoor area you plan on exercising, it may be a deterrent. My favorite place to run is about 40 minutes from my house. That is a commitment. 40 minutes there and back, plus the hour and change that I'm on the trail, I need hours for this. I can run down my road or closer to home, but I really do love the trails in Brown County. The whole experience, the drive, the run, the way home. I utilize the time to listen to podcasts I'm interested in or further education through the Institute of Functional Medicine. Love, IFM. It is not a deterrent for me. It may be for you. Looking at how it can fit into your life 
is key. Segment 11, designing your exercise routine. What is the best strategy for designing your exercise routine? I've got 11 strategies for optimizing your design of a workout routine. Number one, set clear goals. Setting clear, realistic goals is crucial for sustainability. When we think of setting goals, it's more than a number on the scale. You may have a goal based on your environment, like when traveling. Adapting your exercise routine based on your environment is invaluable, promoting flexibility and sustainability in fitness. A great example of this is if you're at a hotel or Airbnb, completing a bodyweight workout versus a kettlebell that you are probably lacking with traveling aids in your sense of purpose. A major contributor to sustainability is the adaptability of your exercise routine. Working out regardless of your location or circumstance promotes long-term commitment to fitness. When we travel, I know that I can work out anywhere. I have brought free weights with me before. Now I don't. I do bodyweight exercises instead. Remember that consistency is key for optimizing your health. Set realistic goals. When you set realistic fitness goals based on your environment, you can encourage a greater sense of purpose. What is your overall fitness goal? Are you looking to build muscle, lose weight, enhance flexibility? It matters. Knowing your why is paramount with success. Number two, assess your current fitness level. Before designing your routine, assessing your current fitness level is vitally important. Consider factors like your endurance, strength, flexibility, and any health issues or physical limitations you may have. Number three, choose the right activities. Select activities or exercises that align with your goals and preferences, including a mix of cardio, strength training, and flexibility work is an important consideration. Variety is also an important consideration to prevent boredom and overuse injuries. Number four, plan your weekly schedule. I am a huge fan of planning. Determine how many days a week you can commit to exercise. Aiming for at least 150 minutes each week of moderate intensity training is vitally important for overall health. I am a fan of everyday movement. I do plan my running days, typically Tuesdays and Fridays, and strength training two to three times per week. I may vary from the plan based on how I feel. You need to consider your daily schedule and responsibilities when planning workout times. Remember, consistency is key. Even a few minutes per day to start can provide benefit. Number five, proper warm-up and cool-down. Always include a warm-up and cool-down routine. Most of the at-home workouts that I work out to have them built in. I literally have to press play. I love it. Warming up prepares your body for exercise by gradually increasing your heart rate and loosening your muscles. Cooling down helps reduce the risk of injury and allows your heart rate and breathing to return to normal gradually. Number six, progressive overload. To see improvements, gradually increase the intensity, duration, 
and resistance of your exercises over time. This principle of progressive overload is essential for building strength and endurance. Number seven, listen to your body. Pay attention to your body signals if you feel pain, discomfort, or excessive fatigue during or after a workout. It's essential to modify or skip exercises to give your body time to recover. I was so bad at this in the past. When I was tired, I trained harder. If I hurt, I pushed harder. This is a recipe for disaster. Now, I listen to my body. Number eight, rest and recovery. Include rest days in your routine to allow your muscles to recover. Overtraining can lead to injuries and hinder your progress. Since running my genetics, I prioritize rest days. Number nine, nutrition and hydration. Proper nutrition and hydration are vital for fueling your workouts and supporting recovery. What you eat, balanced nutrition, and adequate water intake is so important for overall health, but also when designing your fitness routine. Number 10, tracking progress. Keep a workout journal. I'm a huge fan of tracking progress. Record your exercises, reps, weights, and also how you felt during each session. Monitoring your progress can help you to stay motivated. Number 11, seeking professional guidance. If you're new to exercise or have specific health or fitness goals, consider working with a certified personal trainer. They can provide guidance, create a personalized plan, and ensure you are using proper form. Your exercise routine should be sustainable and enjoyable. If you find yourself dreading your workouts or feeling overwhelmed, consider modifying your plan to better align with your lifestyle and preferences. You may need to adjust along the way as your fitness level and goals evolve. The key is to create a routine that helps you achieve your objectives while promoting long-term health and wellness. Segment 12, staying motivated and overcoming plateaus. This is a big one, my friends. Maintaining an exercise routine can be challenging. You may encounter hurdles that can disrupt your commitment to regular physical activity. Let's start with lack of motivation. Many people struggle with finding the motivation to exercise regularly, especially when faced with a busy schedule or feeling tired. Setting clear and achievable fitness goals, as well as finding an exercise routine that aligns with your personal interests is key. Establishing a workout and enlisting an exercise buddy can also boost motivation. If you have a busy work schedule, hands up for those with busy schedules. Maybe you have family responsibilities, social commitments, all can lead to a lack of time for exercise. Breaking workouts into shorter, more manageable sessions or incorporating physical activity into your daily routine, like walking or biking to work. Time management skills can be very beneficial for prioritizing exercise in your life. Inconsistent schedules. This can be a big hurdle with your fitness goals. Inconsistency with workouts can disrupt progress and lead to frustration. 
Setting a regular exercise routine that fits into everyday life, whether it's in the morning, during a lunch break, or in the early evenings is key. Strategizing may take time. We are playing the long game, my friends. Injury or health issues. Injury and health issues can interrupt exercise routines and deter individuals from physical activity. Remembering the importance of injury prevention through a proper warm-up, form, and listening to your body is essential. If you have specific health issues, please partner with your healthcare practitioner who can guide you. Lack of social support. Some people struggle to maintain motivation without the support and accountability of others. If you feel more prone to social support, consider joining a fitness class, sports league, or even an online fitness community. Negative self-talk. Low self-esteem and negative self-talk can lead to a lack of confidence in one's ability to maintain a fitness routine. I encourage you to challenge your negative thoughts. Practice self-compassion. Focus on the positive benefits of exercise, such as improved mood and health. Lack of motivation. Many people are unsure of how to structure effective workouts or lack the knowledge about proper form. I recommend you seek guidance from fitness professionals. This can help to empower you, leading to better adherence with exercise routines. Professionals can assess your current routine and help you develop a new plan tailored to your goals. Boredom or plateau. When you are doing the same exercises repeatedly, it can become monotonous and progress may plateau. Exploring different types of exercises, trying new classes or activities, setting periodic goals to keep things fresh and challenging may be helpful. I also want to encourage you to revisit your why. Remind yourself why you started your fitness journey in the first place. Visualize your success. Reflect on your goals and the reasons behind them. Also, understand that motivation may fluctuate Plateaus are a natural part of fitness. Trust the process and know that with persistence, you will eventually make progress again. And on that note, we have covered a crazy amount of information in the past three weeks. I try to cover ample information every week. I want to stress once again the importance of working with your healthcare practitioner. If you want to work with me and live in Indiana, head on over to my website at www.thefunctionalnursepractitioner.com and click the link to book your free introductory call. If you're interested in a masterclass, we talked about this last week. I know many of you have reached out to me, but live in a different state. I am not at liberty to work with you one-on-one. I am planning on offering masterclasses, bringing into the mix a certified nutrition counselor and a certified yoga instructor. If you are interested in getting on the wait list, DM me, email at the functional nurse practitioner at hotmail.com. You can also click the link through my website. Let me know and I will add you to the wait list. Next week, we are switching gears. I have a fabulous show planned. Be sure you are subscribed so you never miss an episode. Thanks so much for spending time with me today, and I will see you very soon. Bye, friends.